Welcome to the RSM Podcast Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revival service, printed materials and devotionals, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Albert Bricker, Jr., preacher at First Christian Church in Martinsville, Illinois, which partners with us to bring revival, renewal, and hope to America's churches. Albert, we've met a time or two at revivals I've held in other parts of the country, and now we finally get to work together in a revival as you're the new preacher here. And uh, it's it's great to be with you this week. It's good to have you here with us. Oh, just to spend a little time with you and... Uh, your former minister that was here for a long time is now an elder here, retired. And, yes. And uh, his name was Randy Murphy. And I'll just let our listeners know that uh, if you'd like to hear about Randy's life story, uh, he is podcast number 99. Go back and listen to that if you get a chance. But right now, today, we're with Albert. So, Brother Albert, tell us your story. All righty. Uh, I grew up in Parkersburg, Illinois. It's uh, south of here from Martinsville. Uh, south of Olney, Illinois. And, uh, Only is, can you spell that? O-L-N-E-Y. O-L-N-E-Y. The, the capital, home capital of, of the white squirrels. Of the uh, white squirrels. White squirrels. You know, I've seen that somewhere. I read that about that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they had a contest several years ago where uh, City and Rome and uh, Olney, Illinois were competing and Olney had more white squirrels than the city in Rome. And they became the, the capital of the world for white squirrels. Wow. And that, and that's something. Yeah. Oh, so, all right. So you grew up actually in this area, right? All right. Uh, Richland County is, uh, where it's located. Parkersburg is. And right. so I was kind of familiar with, uh, Illinois. Cause when I was a teenager, I used to just get in the car and drive all over Illinois and, well, you could see explore. a lot of it from one spot, couldn't you? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember driving past here when I was doing that, but I never did come straight into town here at Martinsville. But, right. but uh, well, there used to be a highway used to go through downtown, I guess, years ago. Yeah, uh, the old highway. Then they built another highway, and now they've got Interstate seventy even further north of town, like a lot of small towns. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Now, I kind of miss that where you had to drive through the small towns and you got to see different sites and stuff. But uh, we always enjoyed uh, taking the back roads and I still do that every once in a while I, just to stay yeah. off the interstate. And- Beth and I do that. I We'll get on the interstate with semis all around us and Beth knows it's coming. I say, I hate interstates. Yes. <laughs> and I love going to small towns and eating at mom and pop cafes and things right. like, yeah. uh, like you got some good ones around here. Yes. we got yeah. one right here in town too, called the barnyard cafe. Yeah. I don't think right. I've ever been there. I've been to the, I've seen the signs of that one because when I'm here, we go to the famous moonshine, Illinois Yes, definitely. and have moonshine burgers and they don't have moonshine in them. Just so you know yeah. that the preachers aren't, aren't, aren't eating, uh, food that's laced with moonshine, but uh, it's a great little place. Actually, when they built that, uh, it was out in the country and the settlers uh, could see the moon and they, they just called it moonshine. And that's where the name comes from. That's so what I've been told. It has nothing to do with, with, with alcohol. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing there is the moonshine general store that, yes. makes, that makes great burgers. Yes. I drove out there the first time and I thought, well, it should be a little town and got there. And there was nothing but a house and the general store. And I, at a crossroads. Right. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a tradition here. This is my 10th revival in Martinsville. And our brother Greg and, and Lori have been here several times as well. And as I said, Martinsville's a partner. They were the first church that said to us, we want to make you a mission. We want to be a part of what you are doing. And and I'll, I'll never forget that because we were not looking for people to do it. But they it's been a tremendous help to us over the years. And it's just a tradition. We always go to moonshine. Yes. For our, and we're going after this podcast. Right. <laughs> right. I'm ready. I forgot to eat breakfast today. Oh, my. I didn't so. eat very much because I knew I was going to have one of those moonshine burgers. Well, 
Now, we kind of got off the subject. You grew up here. We got to go back to early childhood or teenage years or whatever. All righty. Uh, well, uh, I enjoyed sports when I was a young kid, but uh, we grew up in right there in Parkersburg uh, and um, kind of grew up uh, kind of atheist. Uh, Is that kind of atheist? Is yes. that like. Uh, How do you be kind of an atheist? Is that well? Uh, we didn't really have any uh, belief in the atheism, but we right. didn't really have any uh, church background either. Right. So that uh, I can see where that would where we could justify saying kind of atheist. Yes, and yeah. so um, I'm going to use that term again someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did go to church with uh, Grandma and Grandpa. They went to a non-instrumental Church of Christ and. Uh, but nothing really stuck. Right. And I remember going to uh, VBS at the Christian church there in Parkersburg and really nothing really uh, stuck there with me either. Those are my, uh, two early childhood, uh, times when I remember going to church. You know, that does but, say something though, that the church can't do the work. Of, of raising children with Christ, that there has to be reinforcement at home right? and much teaching at home. That, that's yeah. a good example of that. And so uh, as I was growing up, uh, when I got to high school, uh, one of the things I remember is uh, I was sitting in the uh, high school library one day and I had to look up how to spell ward. And so I went over to the... Uh, uh, big dictionary that they had. It was a great big dictionary. It had all kinds of words in it. And so uh, I'm looking down through there uh, for the word I need to spell. And I came down to Piltdown Men. And to, I, to, to what? Piltdown Men. Huh. Uh, it's one of the, uh, on the evolution charts where man advanced and stuff. Oh, sure. And, uh, I read the definition and it said, proven to be a fake. And I thought, we just studied this uh, in class. Wow. And so I went and asked the teacher, I said, uh, Piltdown man, proven to be a fake. That's what the dictionary says. And he said, oh, we don't really uh, study that anymore. Uh, we use a different chart, but the high school yearbook or the high school book um, has Piltdown Man in there. And I said, well, you were teaching it that way. And he said, but, well, that's just because it was in the book, but we got another chart that we use. Wow. And that kind of got me to thinking, uh, what else is out there then uh, besides the evolution? And I'd never really done anything about it. Right. Uh, I started becoming uh, alcoholic. I started drinking in high school. Mm -hmm. and got into some drugs um, the other way. But, um, and because back then, alcohol was easier to get. Sure, yeah. And We're, we're uh, close to the same. You're younger than me, but we're, we're kind of close to the same yeah. age, and I remember that, sure. Uh, but when I got out of high school, uh, I had hair down to almost my waist. Wow. And... Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. You can't see Albert right now, but I'm 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 trying to imagine that. <laughs> but um, and I had a full beard, so I looked like I was older. And so uh, when I was 18, 19, 20, I could just go into any liquor store or bar that I wanted to and uh, get the alcohol I needed. And uh, time I was 21, I was pretty much drunk every night. Uh, but I still managed to go to work because that's how I paid for my uh, liquor. So, um, but uh, it was 1988 and my little brother committed suicide. Your little brother? Yeah. Oh. And um, I think that was the changing point in my life. Uh, I said, there's got to be something better in life than what I've been uh, living. And I'd been in and out of churches during that period, uh, but never really connected with anything. Uh, so 
it was 88, I stopped smoking. And then 89, I stopped drinking altogether. And um, it was about that time, right around 1990, I started cleaning my bedroom and I seen the Bible that I had purchased years ago when I was in a denominational church. I thought, I need to start reading that again. And so I picked up the Bible and uh, began reading it. And it came to be around June of 1991. I thought, I need to get baptized because that's what the Bible said I had to do. And you were just reading it. I was just reading it. Right. And nobody was teaching me anything. Mm-hmm. I was just reading what the scriptures were telling me. And I realized that baptism was for salvation. That was what the text said, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized and receive the forgiveness of sin or remission of sins and to receive the Holy Spirit. And I thought, that's what I need to do. But who do I contact wow and so the honest the honest sinner is what what i I call a person that just picks up the bible and finds that yeah Yeah. and i thought i don't know who to turn to so i went to bed that night and i laid there and prayed i said god if you want me to become a christian uh, just show me which church i need to go to and so the next morning i woke up and all I could think of, of this church in Olney, Illinois, and it was the uh, Christian Church of Olney. And so I walked in there the next day, and the preacher actually walked in behind me, Les Boat, and uh, he said, can I help you? And I said, yes, I need to get baptized. And <laughs> that was, we don't get that very often as preachers. No. Yeah. Uh, so... He, I don't know if he's still in shock over it or not, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, he said, well, I got a meeting to go to. Can you come back this evening? And so uh, I did, and we sat there and talked, and he said, here's you know, what uh, the Bible says. And I said, yeah, I've read that. <laughs> and so at the end of his teaching, he said, do you still want to get baptized? And I said, yes, I do. And that was June of 1991 uh, when I got baptized. And so uh, in September of 1991, I began preaching. June to September. We, we, tell us how that happened. That, that's, uh, uh, I think we have very familiar or uh, our similar stories. But I'd like to know how, how somebody got you from the baptistry to the pulpit that fast. Uh, it was just, uh, I, don't want, I don't want to say instinct, but it was just something I felt that I had to do. Wow. And that's where it all began. Was that at the same church? Uh, the, they let me preach a sermon there. Yeah. And then I began filling in for different churches after that. Well, what was there? I mean, did you go to them? Did you did you go to the to Les and say, I yeah. feel I need to preach? Yes. And and was he once again shocked? <laughs> I don't know. He never really said, but he <laughs> uh, said, okay. Uh, and he gave me a book uh, to start studying. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all began at us. And I remember one of the things that he told me as I became a preacher, he said, a great preacher has a great library. And mm-hmm. I thought, I got to go out and buy every book that I can find. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that it's not every book. It's that you got to have the right books to, yeah. to study and, and to, uh, most of all, to have the Bible. Right. And have books that help you to find out what the Bible's talking about, commentary mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So uh, that was where we was at in 1991. And I've been preaching ever since, except for the last four years. I took a sabbatical because I was in a, a car wreck. I fell asleep at the wheel and hit a semi head on. 
Oh my goodness. And uh, in and out of the hospital. That was in 2016. And I was in and out of the hospital. Uh, clear up to 2017. And then I went back to preaching at the church I was preaching at. And in 2018, I thought, I just can't do this anymore right now. I need some time off mm -hmm. uh, because the pain medicine that they gave, gave me, uh, it kind of just um, got me into a state of depression and yeah, and we'll all that, sure. and that kind of stuff. And so I thought, well, I'll take a year off. And it ended up being four years. Uh, and I finally got over all of that depression and stuff. And I thought, I've got to get back into preaching. Yeah. And we found Martinsville Christian Church. And uh, we just connected with everybody. And it was uh, like they were family. And I've mm -hmm. come here and it's really enjoy the church here. I was, and we were in our staff meeting this morning that we have every Tuesday. And, uh, of course, Kristen from our was there and Greg was there and, and, uh, Beth and Lori always kind of listen to the background and just chime in when they need to. But, uh, I was telling Greg that, and then I, I said, I really believe Albert really fits this congregation. I said, you know, I, uh, uh we've known him for 10 years and, and, or, or we've been here 10 times. We've known him for longer than, I think 2006 was the first year we came. And I said, I, I just think he fits who this congregation is and is going to do well, you know, with the, with the church. And they, they seem to really, uh, hit it off well. And, 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 uh, not any preacher would want to go into a church where the former preacher has become an elder. Right. And some listeners who not ministry may not understand that, but, but there, there can sometimes be personality clashes and difficulties in that way. And someone who is kind of led, uh, is 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 now leading from a different position of the church, and and just like in any, uh, well, almost any job you have, if someone changes a position, then you take over the old position, and maybe they're in a position that maybe is over you in some way. It can be a difficult situation, right? But, but uh, Randy's been pretty good about that. He uh, <clears throat> he kind of lets me do my own thing, and uh, he's not really said anything so uh, about. Uh, well, he, he's, he is a very, uh, I've very always felt he's a very easy man to work with. Right. Loves God, loves the people. Very good Christian man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, As with my other elder too, Randy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rand, Randy, uh, Smith. Right. And, and, uh, and he's just a, a great guy. You just gotta love Randy Smith. Too, yes. You know, so, uh, you got a couple of really good elders here to work with and, and, uh, so I'm, I'm real excited for you, but now. You were, after you had the accident, you took the, the, the time off. Were you still living in the town where you had been the preacher? Yes. So uh, take us back that, or take us back to your early ministry as far back as you'd like to go and tell us where you've ministered. And, and uh, uh, I filled in for a church in, uh, <laughs> over by Florida, Illinois. I can't remember the name of the town right offhand, but uh, then uh, my hometown. Parkersburg, Illinois, yeah. the Christian church there hired me as their minister. Oh. And so I preached in my hometown for, I think it was four years. Yeah. And, uh, did, did that work out well for you being a hometown boy going back or it was, was kind of tough? It, uh, yeah. Cause it's a lot of people held my past against me. Yeah. And, but the church actually grew so that, uh, People, some people, you know, uh, supported that I had become a Christian, and so that was kind of awesome to see. My uh, my grandfather was uh, used to speaking of moonshine. Used to run moonshine back in the Ozarks, and uh, uh, he was played piano for honky tonks. Yeah. And when he became a Christian, uh, he would go out in the Ozarks, and and they they put him up on a on a tree stump. And he would preach and people would come from miles around because they could not believe that this man was was a preacher. They, they said the rough family and his brothers and all, we can't believe he's a preacher. And some, I'm sure, held it against him. 
some yeah. who didn't understand the changing power of the blood of Christ. Right. But others came out just out of curiosity. And uh, he brought many people to the Lord because of his background. And, uh, and a lot of them just because they were astonished that he would be a preacher. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll mention to our listeners again that many of his radio sermons from the 1960s are on the podcast. Just go back and look at some of the older ones. Um, Fred D. Huckleberry was his name. And uh, you can hear some of his preaching from the 1960s by just going back and looking it up. And if you go back and find that some of our podcasts are missing from about number 77 below, it's probably the podcast engine you're using. Uh, we originate from Podbean and we're all of them clear back to number one are on Podbean and a few of the other uh, engines still have all of them. But some of these uh, podcast engines we didn't get on till later. And I think they just only picked us up from where we, we came on with them. So that's yeah. something I've been needing to say on this program for a while. So uh, yeah, anyway, I, I came back to Parkersburg one time right after I'd been, out in Pennsylvania, and uh, one of the guys that I used to drink with, he like, when are you coming back to drink with us? And I said, never. Uh, I've got it too good now. Uh, yeah. uh, so people uh, still expect me, I guess. Some people. Sure. Uh, when's when's he gonna fall? When's he gonna come back and uh, drink? But I gotta say, there's nothing but like being in Christ and uh, the the difference in my lifestyle has changed so tremendously. I, 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 it's hard for me knowing you a little bit. I know you to think of you anyway, but how you are today, <laughs> but, but you know that the devil and people, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and people who are still living for the devil uh, and know you would love to see you go back to that and say, right. see, see that, that Christianity, that Jesus stuff doesn't work. Right. And, and, uh, Jesus does work. It does. It, yeah. it really does. Yeah. So, uh, you went back to, you went to Parkersburg and then from there after four years there, when did you actually start preaching full time? I guess. At, in Parkersburg. And that was, uh, wow. 1993 or 94. Okay. So you're coming on 30 years yeah. preaching now. Wow. Wow. So from Parkersburg. Uh, from there, uh, I had gotten married to Melody. and Well, tell us about that. Now, where did you meet Melody and when did that take place? <laughs> Actually, uh, back then, they didn't have dating sites. They just had ads in the paper. Oh, and, yeah? And I put an ad in the Evansville paper, Evansville, Indiana newspaper. And she called the number and no kidding. I got her number to call her back. And we talked on the phone for probably a month before we even met. And we met at the Ponderosa in uh, Princeton, Indiana. Yeah. And uh, this is it, after you were a Christian. Yes. Okay. And uh, she was from a denominational church. Uh, and so we, uh, I talked to her about the Bible and what she needed to do to be yeah. saved. And, uh, I baptized her into Christ. Wow. And so what a great story. Yeah. And things just clicked when we met at, uh, Princeton. And I think we dated another six months maybe and got married. And what year was that? July, 1995. 1995. Yeah. And, and then you went to Parkersburg again, what year? Uh, we was actually, I was still actually at Parkersburg. Okay. But we were living over in Johnson, Indiana, driving okay. to Parkersburg and it got to be too much of a drive to, so we, uh, started going to Owensville, Indiana to church there and became an elder there. Yeah. And I thought I'd need to get back in the preaching. And so that's when we uh, went to Otwell, Indiana. Uh, that's right. You told me you've been to Ot that you were the preacher. And I did not know that before Brother uh, John uh, Mangus. Mangus went there. And I don't, I don't have the podcast number, but 
John Mangus is on this program as well. Yes, I, we've been I was one, listening to it earlier. Uh, we've done this. We, we've been, I don't know how many times we've been there, probably about six or seven times to, yeah. to Otwell. Good, good people. Yes, very and, good people. And, and uh, just a little church. Uh, it's yes. the Vincent Christian Church yes. in Otwell, Indiana, right? Otwell, Indiana, yes. And they, uh, I, I think they, go ahead. Actually, that little area right there where the church said is called a, a Frog Leg. That's right. I forgot about that. But they didn't want to name it Frog Leg Christian Church. No. <laughs> but but uh, now they told, last time I was there, I learned that it got its name from the school that was there. The man who gave the property for a school, I think. Now, I could be wrong, and they'll correct me when they hear this program <laughs> and I'm there next time. But I think it had something to do with the man who donated land for the school and it was a Vincent it was the Vincent school years and years ago was right in, right there maybe I think so uh-huh so how long were you at Vincent we were there 4 years 4 years yes and uh go ahead i decided i needed to go to bible college and learn more because uh i really didn't know how to study that good and I was running out of sermon material. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, I thought I needed something to help me along. And so we went to Louisville Bible College. And we were living in Sellersburg, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, her brother, who was a probation officer in Mount Vernon, Indiana, he needed somebody to run the boys' group home. And so we decided hey, we'll, we'll do that, and I can still go to college. And it got so busy at the boys' group home that I wasn't able to continue my college. Right. So uh, we did the boys' group home for three years. When we took over, it was in a mess. And the third year, the state inspector said, this house has not looked this good in years. And yeah. she said, you guys did a great job. She said, I can't really find anything wrong, but I got to put something down. <laughs> so we're going to just put a wall needs painting uh, in one of the bedrooms. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, but I, after the third year, I told my wife, Melody, I said, I've got to get back to preaching. That's where my heart's at. Right. And so we uh, ended up... <clears throat> Uh, going, trying out several different churches, uh, but we ended out in Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. E- Eden Valley? Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. Eden, oh, yeah, Enon Valley, sure. Yeah. And, uh, what, what is that? What would that be near? Uh, if it's near anything. Beaver, you know? <laughs> Beaver Falls, uh, okay. Lee Castle, up in that area. Okay. Uh, East Palestine, Ohio, where... Uh, right. They just had the train wreck up there. That's right oh. across the state line. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've been up in that area before. The whole revival's in the Pittsburgh area, which yeah. is south of there. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's quite a move from Indiana, <laughs> yes. Illinois, to to uh, northwest Pennsylvania, isn't it? Right. That was kind of a different uh, setting. Uh, we had. Amish people living all around us, and sure. that was kind of neat to uh, get to talk to some of them and uh, learn their culture and stuff. And uh, but I resigned from there after I think maybe four and a half years, and uh, Salem, Ohio, uh, was looking for a preacher as the Highland Christian Church, mm-hmm. and that's where I was at when I had my accident. So that was uh, that's near Youngstown. You, you told uh, me. Yes, yeah. it's it's just outside of Salem. The church is right, but Salem is near Youngstown, Ohio. So that wasn't a, a real uh, big move from right. where you were at. Uh, what was it? A hundred miles, maybe uh, something like that or, or less from, from Pennsylvania over to, Oh, it was less. It was probably an hour, hour and a half drive. Right. So, and the culture wasn't that much different, too much different maybe from Pennsylvania to there because you're fairly close. It's a little bit different, but, uh, 
Ohio is, I'd say, more like uh, the culture of Indiana and Illinois. Okay. And right. where Pennsylvania is more cultured towards the eastern states. Yes, I, I find that when I'm, when I'm there. Yeah. Uh, unless you get uh, into maybe the smaller mining towns. Yeah. And, and uh, the old mining towns and places like that might be a little bit different. Um, we, we enjoy holding revivals in, uh, at Dutch Fork in Pennsylvania, Dutch Fork Christian Church, which is touted to be the oldest continuing uh, Christian church in America, uh, rural Christian church in America, established by Alexander Thomas Campbell. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, we like being there. And then we've been up in, we've been in uh, North Central and Northeast Pennsylvania. And also at South Central, I had a place called Central City. We did a revival at early on in the semester, not, have not been back there. If they're listening, we'd love to come back, but we haven't <laughs> been back there in, in yeah. all these years. But uh, So um, what do you think about Salem? How many years were you in Salem before your accident? Uh, I was there three years before the accident and then about a year and a half after the accident. Right. And that's when I decided I just needed to take some time off. Well, did you, uh, did you find, uh, did you work at some other job where you took time off from that or were you yes, just able to? Yes, uh, I did. Uh, I worked as a bus driver for uh, yeah. taking uh, uh, disabled people to like workshops and uh, to, uh, to their jobs. Right. And did that uh, for about, I'm going to say five years, I think. Wow. Uh, and then did security jobs and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, actually, I was working security uh, when I decided it was time to get back into preaching and found Martinsville. Christian How Church. did you find Martinsville? How did... On a, it, it was a, the college uh, websites where they have job opportunities. Right. I, I okay. believe that's where I found it. And it was Eureka back in hometown area for <laughs> yeah. you coming back yes. to Illinois. And and uh, since I've seen you here, you've got nothing but a smile on your face. So <laughs> I think you must, but except when you talk about the fact that your family hasn't moved yet. Yeah. You've been here since January. Yes. And we're doing this podcast the 1st of May. And they're going to be coming the last of May. Yeah. So we got to get our daughter graduated from high school. Yeah. And uh, then uh, everything got to happen, I guess. <laughs> and you uh, you said you found a house you've been renting, but you found a place uh, out in the country? Right. Near Moonshine. Near Moonshine. Now that, now that smile, uh, <laughs> the biggest smile I've seen this morning, and you're always smiling, but the biggest smile is when you talk about your family getting here at the end of the month. And then when you said you're going to live near Moonshine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as long as my wife doesn't cut the money off, uh, I can go to Moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we had uh, dinner after church. Uh, all of us did, Beth and you and I, with Elder Randy yes. and, and Carol, Randy Murphy and, and his wife, Carol, who's been so gracious to have us each evening. And we walked out and, and I pointed up to the moon and, you, you said you didn't turn just right and you saw a falling star and I hated yeah. I missed that, but the moon was shining bright and I can imagine you get away even from the little bit of lights in this small town you get out there to that, to that crossroads and you can see where they would name that moonshine. Right. Yeah. It's just beautiful country out there. Uh, I always liked living in the country and uh, I think I'm going to enjoy <laughs> being out there at the house that we're going to rent. So. Uh, it's just an old country house. That's what we like. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the people that drive by everybody waves. And, it's just uh, like it is in the South. Yeah. Everybody waves in the South sitting yeah. on a porch, you drive by or you, <laughs> you just always wave. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this part of the country is very much like that as far as the friendliness and the, just the, right. the uh, good cooking yes. and, and the friendliness of the people. I've noticed that about Martinsville. The people in town here are uh, tremendously nice. Uh, yes, and I don't even know half the people in town, so uh, right. It's uh, good to get a chance to meet the people here, and uh, hopefully, I get to meet a lot more. And 
uh, I, I get to go to the Martinsville uh, High School basketball where they actually play real basketball in Illinois. Oh, I hear <laughs> and, that. Uh, you, so I'm, I can't speak up and say, well, I thought Indiana. No, it's Illinois, right? Yes. Okay. Illinois. Right. Forgive me, anybody listening in Indiana, but this is this is what Preacher Albert says. Uh, good old <laughs> Illinois basketball. Uh, yeah. Small uh, town basketball. Right. Yeah. And it's none of that running gun stuff. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> set up and run plays. And that's what I like to watch. Yeah. You said you, you, you love to play basketball. Uh, all your life, I guess. Yes. And uh, until the accident, you kind of had to slow down on that. Right. That and tennis. I wish I could play tennis again. That. Uh, yeah, but but those bad are... bad hip. Uh, yeah. I had to have a hip replacement. So was that because of the accident? Yes. Oh. Well, well I'm sorry about that. But at least you're in a town where you can go to, to high school games. I, yeah. In Arkansas, our last ministry in Arkansas was Murfreesboro. And uh, it was a town about 1700. And I, I grew up in Arkansas playing football, small town football. And oh my goodness, the Murfreesboro Rattlers. And we <laughs> loved to go to, to, to watch Murfreesboro football, never missed a game. Uh, and uh, rain or shine. Yeah. And that's how it is in basketball up here. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I look forward to meeting your family. I've never met them. Uh, I don't think your wife was ever with you when you came no. to visit our revivals. No. And, and uh, but the way you talk about her, she must be some, some wonderful lady to meet. She so, is. Uh, uh, she is down home. Uh, she uh, is. She's very shy. Yeah. Uh, when you first meet her, but she eventually comes out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she uh, doesn't uh, go out and. Uh, spend a lot of money on things. Uh, she's very conservative that way. It's good for a preacher to have a conservative wife when it comes to yes. spending. I, <laughs> I, I, and people think I'm terrible, but I, I tell them I married Beth cause she was a cheap date, you know, <laughs> but, but that's not really the truth. But she knew I was a preacher in the Ozark mountains and I didn't have much money at all. Yeah. I was just, I was poorer than the church mouse. Church mouse ate better than I did. <laughs> and uh, we got on dates and she'd say, I'm not very hungry, you know, and she yeah. was just 18 when we started dating and, and I was preaching at 19 and, and, uh, or maybe we were, we were 19, no, 18 and 19, I think. And, and uh, she always, she was never hungry. I'll just have a bite of your hamburger, she'd say. Yeah. And, and uh, to this day, she is very conservative and oh, even though the kids are grown and she'll look at us and I'll say, now, honey, if you want that, you just say so and we can get that now. You know, the kids are grown, <laughs> but she just, you know, uh, she, and she likes to see us given to the Lord's work in various areas. And, and I appreciate that about yeah. her too. So actually Melody's dad, before we got married, he told her, he said, now he's a preacher and a country boy. He's not ever going to have that much money. <laughs> yeah. And was he right? He, he's been right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, and I didn't get into preaching for the money anyway. So no, I got in it because I love the Lord. There was a, and I appreciate that. And I can tell that just visiting with you, brother Albert, uh, there was a joke. Used to, we used to say that, that, uh, people would say, well, there must be a lot of money in the ministry. And I'd always come back with, well, there must be a lot in the ministry. Cause I never got any out of it. It must be in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, uh, Anybody who's, who gets a ministry for money, uh, I think I talked about about that in, in our services this week already, yeah. that that uh, these are those who worm their way into churches and right. will not be there. Uh, uh, I do believe that ministers should be paid well. Right. And they should be paid uh, so they can their families can live. We should not starve them out. Um, you know the old saying, uh, Lord, send us a preacher who is... Uh, who is uh, humble and, and, and uh, uh, how, how they used to put it, him humble and, and, and uh, broken humble or whatever it might be. And uh, you keep him humble and we'll keep him broke or something like that. I don't yeah. know how they said it, yeah. but uh, I do believe that it, it is a shame when churches don't pay That's their preachers right. uh, a living wage. Now, if they can't afford it, 
then that's understandable. If you're in a very poor area, right? then a man who moves into that needs to understand he's going to be living on, on that or working two or three jobs. And I've worked two or three jobs. And I have preacher, too in the past. And because I wanted to preach, I've, I've right. mowed yards and driven school bus and just done any odd job that would come along uh, that I could possibly do. And I'm not that good at, at, at doing a lot of things, but I, you know, if someone says here, I hammer these nails in here, I can do it. Yeah. When yeah. you have a passion for something, uh, you're going to find a way to do it. That's right. And, and uh, for anybody who's getting into the preaching ministry, you've got to have a passion. You just don't do it for the money. Right. And I've heard too many stories of people uh, who've taken a preaching job just for the insurance or the, the pay and <laughs> and they, yeah. their heart's not really in it. And that's not what you need to get into the ministry for. And I, I kind of laughed when you said for the insurance, because now I've got two daughters who are in ministry with their husbands and churches have come a long way in that, that they, a lot of churches now do cover insurance, yeah. health insurance. I have never been in ministry in my life that covered my health insurance. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard and, and, uh, uh And it wasn't because they weren't good people, but they just, that's just one of the things they didn't do. You right. know, and they didn't do back then, and and uh, uh, and even today we take care of that. But but yeah. uh, thanking the Lord, our our ministry takes care of us well enough that uh, it's advantages well enough that we can afford to pay our insurance. Of course, right now I'm on Medicare, so <laughs> as of the last year or two, so yeah, I'm on my wife's insurance at her work. So okay, and and I was on Best when she used to work for uh, Regions Bank, and yeah. and you know it's the oddest thing, brother Albert, that. I never had really bad illnesses or sicknesses except when Beth was not working as the church secretary, but was working for a bank and had good insurance. Right. And when I didn't have good insurance, we rarely ever had any problems health wise. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's just the way God takes care of us. And that's not to say that that wouldn't happen, but I, I'm just grateful that that's the way it worked for us. Yeah. Well, tell us about your kids. Uh, Jacob, our oldest son, uh, we've been, we had been married seven years before, uh, he was born. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, he is, uh, taking college classes online, yeah. uh, going to get into some kind of media computer stuff, technical stuff. I, I like the way you uh, throw up your hands like you hand. don't know, right? Uh, but, uh, he, that's what he's doing. Um, uh, I baptized him. Uh, I think when he was around six years old and he's been a pretty good Christian ever since and, yeah. uh, helps dad out when he can uh, and helps mom out a lot. He's kind of the man of the house now since we're right in two different States, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, how old did he I'm, is 21, 21 and taking his college courses from home. So he's able yes. to help out. Right. Right. And, and that's certainly a better way financially. Yes. To, to do things, yeah. And uh, uh, I don't think he's really decided on a, a major, but he's just taken the basic classes and some computer classes. Right. And I don't know which direction he's going to head uh, when he gets done. But So uh, when you move, he'll be moving here and can continue taking those classes. Right. Right. And then uh, we have Julia who's our oldest daughter. She is, uh, I believe, uh, 19. Nope. She'll be 20 here in June. Yeah, get it right now. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be listening. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, she is uh, going to college in Alliance, Ohio, uh, to Mount Union, and she's taking Japanese, and mm -hmm. she's getting ready to work at Hershey Park this summer. Uh and then when she gets that done, she is headed to Japan uh, for the fall semester and right. uh, to learn the culture and learn what she needs for Japanese classes over there. Right. And uh, I think she's had a desire to, uh, when she gets done with college, to move to Japan and live in Japan. So wow. uh, I don't hear that very much. That's, no. that's very interesting. That's yeah. kind of different, but she's always been fascinated with Japanese things and the right. Japanese culture ever since she was probably five or six years old. Right. And uh, uh, the funny thing is uh, when uh, 
she was uh when Melly and I got we were pregnant uh we actually had a Japanese uh, exchange student living with us oh. and uh, and then uh, when she was born we had a girl from Thailand live with us but uh she's always been fascinated with that uh Japanese stuff and so uh that's where she set her goal to be an interpreter and yeah. uh, not sure which direction she's going to head uh, when she gets all done. But uh, Maybe a trip to Japan in your future, you think? Uh, I hope so. I always <laughs> wanted to go there uh, because uh, dad, uh, that's where he was stationed when he was in the Navy. Yeah. And um, when we had our Japanese student, he sat down and started talking to her in Japanese and uh, I had to literally pick my jaw up off the floor because I did not know my dad could speak Japanese. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so you, you never know you, about your parents, right? <laughs> uh, on a lot of things. So, uh, and I found out over the years that dad was right about a lot of stuff too. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's where Julia's headed then. Then we have Joy, who's getting ready to graduate uh, high school yeah. at um, United High School in Hanoverton, Ohio. And uh, she's going to be searching uh, for colleges when she moves here. So I'm not sure what she really wants to do. The last I heard was early childhood education, right. but I don't know if that's changed or not. So. Yeah, I can. It, there's there's a few years where that could bounce around, isn't there? Yes. Well, and that's all the kids. Yes. Three kids. Three kids. And well, that's that's interesting to hear. But I'm look forward. I don't. I've been here three years in a row, which is not normal for us. Normally, it's a year in, and then maybe Brother Greg comes if one of us can be right. here. But Brother Greg couldn't make it last year. I had an opening and made it. So it's my third year in a row, and I will not be back for two more years. Lord willing, I'll be back. I always want to say that, Lord willing. I'll be back in two years, but I look forward to meeting your family when I come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I uh, wish they would have been here. I would love to have met them. But, but uh, uh, now, getting back to your ministries, let me ask you if, if you would share with us maybe some of your, what are some of your greatest joys that have, uh, and, and that just, you think about something that's happened in ministry that just makes you smile and feel good? It's got to be when, people come to the Lord and get baptized. Yeah. That, that always, even if I'm not the one uh, doing the, you know, the ceremony for the baptism, but uh, that, that just puts a smile on my face and a tear in my eye because yeah. uh, somebody is getting saved. And uh, that's got to be the greatest joy and fulfillment is seeing people come to Christ. Uh, so, it's the greatest thing that we are involved in, isn't it? Right. Bringing souls to Christ. Uh, but uh, doing weddings is another great thing. Yeah. Uh, I like to do weddings. Uh, I've only done a couple of funerals, uh, and that, those are kind of hard, uh, especially if you know the person. And Sure. Uh, which uh, is kind of a hard thing to do, but... but uh, the greatest joy I've had is uh, uh, watching people get saved and uh, being able to be a part of that. And you really don't know how much impact you make because uh, mm -hmm. uh, when you have like put stuff on social media, you never get responses back, but maybe somebody's life gets changed and you never hear about it. Right. And so, uh, always look forward to people say, Hey, I listened to you preach a sermon, you know, years ago. And, uh, it made me think and got, got me to thinking about, I needed to change my life. That's always encouraging to hear. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we go back. Sometimes we go back and, and we, we wonder, did we ever make any impact at all? Right. And then someone will tell us about a sermon we preached 30 years ago yeah. that changed their life. And you just, you don't know. You just don't, really don't know. I, I had a man recently uh, in um, in Jonesville, Virginia, actually out in the country, a little country church. 
uh, that told me a neighbor moved in, a uh, man moved from Pennsylvania, I think it was, uh, out there in the country across from me, and he was backing the U-Haul up. He said, I remember the first time you came here, and I've been to Jonesville many, many times. Uh, you talked about you used to chase U-Hauls. Yeah. And if, if they were backing in, you'd circle the block to find out if they were loading or unloading. If they're unloading, you got out and got to know them and buy them to church. He said, I thought, I got to do that. And that was years before I had preached that sermon. And he talked to the man. The man came to church. And since then, and this is a little church of maybe 25, 30 people. Uh, that man and now his son have been baptized at that church. And the man told him recently, my life has changed since I moved here. And I never would have thought telling that little story all those years ago would have made a difference. But yeah. it, it really lifted my heart up uh, to hear that just uh, probably three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, now <laughs> what are... Um, is there anything that was really that, I mean, you said doing funerals, but have you had anything that you would want to share that has been very difficult for you in being a minister? Uh, there was a time uh, when uh, I was out in Pennsylvania that uh, I uh, had went to uh, a house to talk to a couple and uh, the elder found out about it and he told me he said don't be going to their houses uh the, if they come to church they won't give he said i want you to go to uh, uh houses where the rich people are so we can get them into church and they'll give that that was probably the most disappointing thing i've ever heard yes as a minister absolutely and uh that was like two weeks into my ministry there oh and uh i went home and talked to melody i said i can't believe he just told me that i've had things like that said to me and you you wonder how does somebody like that ever become a leader in god's church right and doesn't care about every soul and i will say this i've done door-to-door -door work and starting new churches and when I and I will go to every part of town, but when I went into the rich part of town, they either wouldn't open the door, or a lot of times they just ready to close the door on me. But when I went into the trailer parks, that were scary. Yeah, <laughs> scary. Sometimes the door was open. I'd knock, and they wouldn't even come to the door. They said, "Come on in." I think, "Oh boy, what am I getting into?" And I'd step up, and you'd smell the alcohol and everything, and and we just made the best of friendships, and we would baptize these people. Yes. And we baptize people who were wealthy as well, but everybody needs Jesus. Right. This whole thing of we are targeting this age group or, right. this, or this dynamic or this, 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 this uh, financial group, we target everybody. I mean, uh, I, that's just a shotgun thing. You know, it goes out. Yeah, but you know what? Jesus targeted 10 lepers yeah. and one of them came back right to thank him and we need to target everybody everybody is a target for the salvation of jesus christ yeah, yeah. i love that albert thank and you for, for making that G point. jesus even the samaritan woman uh where most men wouldn't have even gave her the time of day jesus sat down and talked right. to her and it changed the whole town yeah she became really the first missionary right she really was uh, and uh, so we don't know people we're talking to, uh, and those who, who act like they don't even want to talk to us sometimes will be the people who really change the world for Christ. Right. And we, we need to share Christ and being a minister isn't about Sunday morning preaching. That's we, we, we enjoy doing that. Yes. Uh, but some people love preaching, but they don't love the people they're preaching to. And we need to love the people we're preaching to. Right. And, and we need to constantly be looking for who is the next person. But every Christian should be doing that. Not just preachers. Every Christian should be thinking, who can I ask next? Yes. Uh, the preacher uh, who is new at the church we just left over in Grindstone, Pennsylvania, and his podcast was uh, two weeks ago, said that his whole thing since he's gotten there has been just one more. He tells the congregation, just find one more. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to do it, go about it. Yeah, I've already told the congregation here that I said, my preaching may be hard, but 
my concern is that I get you to heaven yeah. and it's because I love you. And I may be harsh in what I say sometimes, but it's because I love you. Right. And that's what we need to do. I don't think we show love to people if, if we tiptoe around difficult, uh, right. uh, difficult things that, that the Bible talks about. Yes. And yeah. I've, through the years, I've said I'm not going to compromise on the gospel. I may yep. compromise on the method. Right. But I'm not going to compromise on the gospel. I've always believed and seen it true that if a church doesn't want to hear the gospel uh, and they fire a man because he's preaching the gospel, God always has a place for a man who will preach Amen. the word of God. He will He will never let you starve. You may be eating peanut butter and crackers if you're lucky some weeks. And I say lucky, but if, if that's all you can get. And Beth and I have been there. But God always has a place for a man who will stand up for the word of God. Yes. Always. Um, our time is about, uh, in fact, it's just about, it, we're just about there. But real quick, what do you think is the greatest challenge for ministers and churches going forward in, in 2023 from now? Just very briefly. It's uh, trying to present the gospel in a world that is... Um, taken on the evolutionary mindset and uh, there's a lot of false teachings on uh, the the television uh, as far as religions go mm -hmm. and I, I just challenge people to get into the Bible and study the Bible and uh, look at the Bible because that's where the real teaching is and there may be teachers out there that uh, and people that are not Christian who are trying their best to get people not to accept Christianity. Yes. And so uh, uh, if you get into the Bible and study, uh, you're going to find out what God wants you to do. Well, that's exactly yeah. what you did. Yes. You yeah. didn't have anybody saying that you got to do this, this, right. That. You just, you just read it. Right. Uh, I just read, and I used the King James when I was reading, and it tells you exactly what you need to do. And that's when I was 17. And that was nobody's doctrine. Right. And and uh, my grandfather was there, and, you know, he never took me aside. He was an evangelist. But I think he, I, I, I didn't have anything else to do that someone else was there. He read his Bible, so I thought, I'm going to get me a Bible, I'm going to read it. And I started yeah. reading it, and I went to him and said, I need to be baptized. I realize now what a thrill it was for him. Yeah. And and uh, but he knew that if I read the Bible, he didn't have to. He didn't have to give me direction. Yeah. And I would say if people need to have a devotional time. Yes. Uh, every morning or night before they Absolutely. go to bed. Uh, yeah. And uh, that makes a whole lot of difference. It does. I'm constantly saying to people have a devotional time. And, and uh, we'll cut down uh, a, a lot of therapists will probably lose their jobs. Yes. If we just would pick up the Bible every morning and start our day with the Bible. Yes. And just don't read the Bible. Study it. Yeah. Uh, study each word in there and right. see what it means. Because uh -huh. the Greek and the Hebrew mean a little bit different than our American translation. Right, right. And so um, find out. Uh, ask preachers about what this word means if you don't know right. it. So, well, like we've been saying this this week, uh, Jesus, God doesn't want to just be at the family reunion with us on Sunday. He wants to be at the breakfast table right? on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all through the week. So, well, our time has really flown. And Brother Albert, I appreciate so much this conversation and, well, and getting to know you better. This I get to know people so much better when I do this. <laughs> Thank you for having me uh, on here. And, uh, I'm getting to know you too. And, yeah. and I really like your ministry. And uh, Well, thank you. Uh, I've Everywhere I go, I've always heard good things about uh, Rock Solid Ministries. And, well, we appreciate and that. a lot of, like I told you the other day, uh, when I'm talking about missions, Rock Solid Ministries always comes up. Wow. I just didn't I told Beth and I said, that's amazing because Albert's not been in areas where we're at a whole lot, you know. Right. And, and, uh, but we, we have found over now 19 years uh, that, that, apparently what we do that word has gotten out and it's been good and yeah and we give all, all the glory to god for that that's that's not, that's not us we just kind of come along for the ride and let god do what god does <laughs> best yeah. and uh, i really want to thank our listeners for listening in today and um if if you listen regularly I, I hope that you hit the like button or the follow button on whatever 
app you're using and that you will share that with people. You know, at Rock Solid Ministries, we never ask for an offering. We're a free ministry. We don't ask you to support this podcast. But the one thing you could do for us is share this podcast with your friends and co-workers in Christ and uh, put it on your social media so people know that it's here. And just these wonderful stories and some preaching. And and uh, and now uh, we also have a new program we're doing called Just Music, and that'll be on this on this podcast as well. In fact, our first one was last week and uh, where we just have somebody that that is a Christian artist that shares their music with us for an hour. So anyway, share this program when you can. We appreciate that. Until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.